Well, good afternoon, everybody. How y'all doing this afternoon? It is time for the Just Gonna Say It podcast. We record this live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. For those of you that are new to the Dylan Talks Tone channel, uh, welcome. And for those of you that come and watch every week, thank you for coming back. And uh, yeah, we've got a really interesting subject today. Um, we're going to dive into this. I uh, was chatting with some people I know who told me some things about some stuff. And um, it's going to, it, it really informed my decision making about guitars and informed, uh, well, we'll talk about that in just a second. But I just wanted to tell you, this is going to be a pretty interesting, pretty interesting one. Um, what we should say here is, uh, if you've seen the thumbnail, that's probably why you're here and, uh, seen the title. Um, I don't necessarily want to bash on any one guitar brand except for maybe one. Um, but not even that one. What we want to do is some of these conversations we have to, we talk about this almost every week because I think it's something that it's hard for guitar players to do. Uh, is divorce your emotion of the instrument from the technically accurate side of how things work. And so that's what we're going to do here in just a few minutes. So I think it's going to be an interesting conversation and I look forward to your input as well. I should say hi to everyone in the chat and everybody that is uh, here and saying hello. And uh, if you please do me a favor and just say hello and let me know where you're listening from. If you are watching it afterwards, do that in the comments. I really appreciate it. Um, I will also mention that we don't necessarily have sponsors for this show. Uh, but what I would like to do is please direct your attention to the links below the video on YouTube and in the show notes when you watch, listen to this as a podcast afterwards uh, to a couple of links down there. One, Obviously, Dylan talks tone because we make pickups and that's what we do. And that's the number one way to support the channel. Number two is we have a teachable course down there and it is constantly expanding. We just added um, a how to set neck relief course. that's really cool. Uh, it is not expensive. And the idea is to make you into your own guitar tech. And we have nut. I say nut stuff. I know that sounds funny, but we have one uh, about nuts coming, string height, intonation those are all coming in little separate courses so check out that link below and even if you're not interested in that one there's also uh, how to solder so that's also there and then the other thing too the newest addition to our affiliate program here at dylan talks tone is stumac so i spoke with stumac last week and we have some really cool plans coming up for you uh that i think you're gonna dig content wise um and I'm really excited about it. So there's a link to them down below. If you use that link, it helps out the channel. So there's a couple of little plugs out of the way that on the support the channel side of things. And if you don't want to do any of that stuff at all, because you don't want to spend money or because you don't like that stuff, uh, then just watch the video and share it with people. That would be the coolest thing ever if you just shared this with people. So I appreciate that. So um, let's get into a couple of interesting things. We're going to talk about where this stuff comes from. Um, it is It has come up a bunch. Let's talk about how this conversation, and if you have questions, put them in there. I'll try to catch them. 
I will also drop what I'm doing for a super chat to answer that question. Um, even if it doesn't have anything to do with this topic, I will drop what I'm doing for that. And we'll try to get to some questions later. It just kind of depends on how involved in you, this conversation you are. So um, this, this whole subject and the idea of talking about this has come up because we have done, we just recently did the video about the PRS uh, McCarty 594 SE. And I've also just recently purchased a Gibson. And of course that's triggering for a lot of people because then the Epiphone versus Gibson thing comes up to the point that I actually called Gibson the other day and said, Hey, can you send me a slash uh, Epiphone so that we could do a comparison video? So I'm working on that. So that would be really fun to do an Epiphone versus Gibson kind of thing with the same model of guitar, but the Epiphone versus the Gibson one. It's really cool. Um, and of course there's a lot of videos, um, depending on who made the video about the PRS SE 594 about how amazing it is and how exactly the same as the American one it is. And it's just as good as, and all that kind of stuff. So that begs the question, obviously this is the age old thing. Um, well, my Asian knockoff guitar, and I say knockoff, I'm using the term loosely. Let's not say that that's not right. Let's say uh, the Asian version of the American guitar, so the PRS SE line versus the SE, the Epiphone versus the Gibson, the Squire versus the Fender, um, all of those guitars. And then also we have also the all the other Asian brands, uh, for example, um, you know, your Harley Benton and Sire and all of those guitars that are made in China. Um, where does all this stuff come from? And why am I so passionate about understanding where all this stuff comes from? I should tell you that by having this conversation, I am not trying to make you think differently than you think. And I'm not trying to make you buy a guitar differently than you might buy. I'm just, it's information. And I feel like if we put it out in the world in an accurate way and in a sane manner with no added ridiculous emotion to it, that uh, it will be information that you can use. And you may be able, you may just say, you know, I'm going to ignore it and buy the guitar I was going to buy. I feel this way. This is the way I'm. So you please do that. Enjoy the hobby however you want to enjoy it. I buy, and I'm going to share this with you. And then I'm also going to, because people ask me all the time, I don't know why for some reason they hold me accountable to because I'm on the internet for some reason. I'm just a guy with a camera, but people want to know how I feel about it. So I'm going to share. Um, and the, the, my thought process about the decisions that I make about this stuff and why I say what I say about Harley Benton, for example, we should say that this has nothing to do, not nothing, but mostly nothing to do with quality control cost or anything. This has to do with the conversation we're about to have is where the wood comes from. Um, I've seen in many, many forums, in fact, on my own Facebook page today, people saying, well, Epiphone wood comes from the same place that Gibson wood comes from. So it doesn't matter. They're the same exact guitar and all you're paying for is labor cost difference and blah, 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 blah. This is not true. Um, and this is verified by, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say his name. So, I mean, I guess you kind of have to trust me on that. But I had a fairly extensive phone call today with 
the guy who sells the wood to these people that build these guitars to the point that he will fly to the country that it is coming from and literally go out in the woods, literally meet with the governments that are overseeing such things and make all those decisions. He will meet with the guitar companies. He will say, this is what's legal. This is what's not. He will meet with lawyers. They will verify all kinds of things. So we're going to get into a lot of those details. Just saying that this is on fairly good authority. Okay. So, um, and I, I, I trust him. I trust the person who gave me this information. So let's go through some of the bigger brands and talk about where the wood comes from. Shall we? PRS, uh, PRS and Gibson both source. Oh, no, I apologize. Let's just start with PRS. PRS uses mostly African mahogany. Um, for their mahogany guitars. Court, we'll, we'll get to court in a minute. I'm going to lump court together under Squire and PRS because we're going to talk about how they work in a minute. So let's just deal with the core models. So the, the PRS mahogany is African mahogany. Um, we, we want to focus mostly on mahogany because that's the wood that is concerning as far as how it is harvested, where it comes from, the legality of it, etc. Okay, so uh, African mahogany. They're going to have to make a choice on this pretty soon because the African mahogany that they use has come up on the CITES conversation to be marked as however they market endangered. I don't remember what the exact term is, but basically they're going to have to make a choice about where they get their mahogany from. Gibson gets their mahogany from South America. Okay. So their mahogany comes from South, uh, Central America, but they're also going to have to make a decision about where their mahogany comes from because the scale of what they've done down there, it, it's, it's, it's responsibly sourced. Everything's cool. It's just a matter of is there enough left? And, you know, we need more, that kind of deal. So they're also going to have to work on that as well. Something that just opened up recently is in the 1950s, uh, the British colonized Fiji in a, after a fashion, and they planted a bunch of mahogany there. Um, that mahogany has not been accessible because it's been growing, number one. And number two, for the last 16 years, Fiji was under a dictatorship. That has recently changed. And my buddy actually flew over to Fiji and met with the government over there and said, hey, we'd like to build a sawmill here now that everything's cool. And so that could, it's the largest single stand of mahogany in the world, I think, right now. So that could be an option, which is very interesting. My point in this is, this is not a tone-related conversation. This isn't an availability related conversation. Where does this wood come from? And most importantly, where does the wood for the American brands come from that is responsibly sourced? And we're going to get into where this sorts sort of falls apart in the foreign guitars as we get into some of the foreign guitars. Fender, you know, they use mostly alder and swamp ash. So alder and swamp ash is grown in the United States. I want to say that alder comes from... He told me 
Washington and uh, Washington State, and the ash comes from like Louisiana, I think. So that stuff comes from the, the Americas. Um, the one thing that's a little sketchy, uh, well, we'll get into that in a minute. So, so the American guitars, um, one of the people are always like, why is this guitar so expensive? One of the, the reasons is, is because they're trying to be responsible about where the wood comes from. They have to be responsible about where the wood comes from. Remember lumber liquidators? The reason they're not in business anymore is because they were irresponsible about where their wood came from and the government shut them down more or less, put them out of business uh, in the United States. So you have to know where your wood comes from. You have to have a, it's almost like a chain of evidence, chain of custody sort of from the time it comes out of the tree to the time it shows up on your dock to be made into a guitar. And if that is broken, then you can face consequences for that. We'll get into the Asian brands in a minute and why that's a problem. This happened to Gibson with Rosewood in 2009, 2001, 2000, in the, anyway, in the early 2000s. Um, and they had hell to pay for it. And so they are, he told me actually, they are very careful about this now to make sure that they have their I's dotted and their T's crossed for where this wood comes from. <laughs> I'll give you an example where this could come become a problem. Let's talk about Baltic Birch for a minute, and we'll talk about amps. And we'll talk about Fender amps. Now, he did not tell me what company, but I, you can kind of guess. Because Baltic Birch, well, any amp company. But there was a big company that made amps, and they got Baltic Birch from Russia. The problem is, is you can't buy anything from Russia right now because of the conflict that's going on over there. And there's also other issues with radioactivity and other things with wood over there. So you can't buy Baltic birch anymore. So what the Russians did is they sold the wood to China. And I think China sold the wood to somebody in Indonesia. They sold the logs to China. Then China milled it. They created a chain of custody that was basically sketchy to where it ended up in Indonesia somewhere so that now that wood that came from Russia could be sold and Russia could still sell the wood. This is facts. I'm not making this up. This is what happened. So it's super duper sketchy. So there are American companies that use Baltic birch that are having to make a decision now. Okay, we're, we're going to have to figure out something else because if the government sees this and sees all these gaps in their chain of custody of their wood, they can shut them down. So you can imagine between that and tubes, this is why amps are so expensive right now. So that's an example of something that's happening right now that if you're not responsible about where the wood comes from and understanding where all the wood comes from, things could happen to you, right? And that, and it will not only affect, it will not only affect the availability of the product, but also the cost of the product when it is available because of all these extra hoops that you have to jump through. This is not, you know, these brands, uh, with a three thousand dollar Les Paul and a and a almost a two thousand uh, dollar Fender Twin amp, uh, this is not them just money grabbing. I think people don't realize that this is not just money grabbing. They are trying to maintain a business in a time where this stuff is becoming extremely expensive, and in order to do it responsibly, this is what they have to do. 
Now, how do you cut costs on a foreign product? We're not going to get into the labor discussion because I don't know about that. That's not what I have educated myself on for the purposes of this podcast episode. We're going to talk about wood because that is what I have educated myself on from a very good source. So let's go back through the brands now and talk about where their wood comes from. PRSSE stuff. They're poplar. Uh, they're alder. They're maple. Most of that stuff comes from Asia. Um, there is a cottonwood tree in Asia, mostly China, and it's plantation. And most of the maple is plantation. Um, so it's like grown because it grows really fast. So they can like plant them, grow it up, harvest it, plant them, grow it up, harvest. Of course, it's years, but they can. They have the space and the management to be able to do this. But it's from China. Um, so poplar is is cottonwood, basically, is what it is. Um, and it is the largest, the, the, over there in Asia is where, where it comes from because it's the largest, uh, supply of it. We have it in the United States too, but that's where it comes from. Uh, court also makes other guitars for a lot of other brands. Um, there's of course, there's other, other factories. Uh, so court has five factories in Indonesia, all on, on this huge plantation. And if you've ever been to Fender Corona, uh, Fender Corona makes about 800 guitars every shift. Um, Court can make five times that in a day. So they can make three to 4,000 guitars a day. Okay. In these plant, in these plants in, in um, Indonesia. So the quantity of wood that they have to have to maintain that. Now that, that goes across Ibanez, Paul Reed Smith, Fender, Squire, a whole bunch of other brands, but that's a lot of guitars every day. The Alder. So, so let's talk about Fender first. So let's first talk about uh, Epiphone. Epiphone, uh, their wood, their mahogany for their Les Paul comes from Indonesia. It does not come from the same place that the American Les Paul stuff comes from. It comes from Indonesia and it's a different kind of mahogany. It is heavier. It is, there's lots of different reasons for it. Also, obviously, as we know, Epiphones come with a laminated top. They don't come with a solid top. Well, they have a solid top, but then they don't put a pretty top on it. They put a laminate on it. Um, and they also get some stuff from Africa as well, depending on what it is. Uh, but because of this CITES change, chances are they're going to have to make that change and it's going to become more Indonesian. So you're going to, the guitar is going to be all Indonesian. So there's going to have to be a bunch of changes here, but Gibson and Epiphone at this time on the day of making this video come from two different places. They are not the same wood. When we start talking about Squire, Squire is very interesting because Squire stopped using mahogany. Squire started using this um, Nito wood, what's N-Y-T-O-H-A-H, whatever that, however you say that. It's actually a bunch of different species. So that wood, that name, that 
what that ever that is, Naito or however you say that, I believe what he told me is it's a Korean word and it just means wood. So it's actually a bunch of different mahogany-ish woods from Asia. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting. On the less expensive side of the spectrum, it's where it starts to get a little fishy. The reason these alternative woods are being made is not because some tonal thing. It's not because Fender wants to cut costs. It's not because of any of that. Basically, when Fender goes to Squire, who is overseen but not the same company, we should say that, when they go to the factory and they say, look, we want a CV telly, classic vibe telly, and we want it to cost this much. The factory that makes that guitar is responsible for finding their own wood. They will go find whatever wood on a classic vibe 60s telly, which could be mahogany, could be alder, could be whatever. They are, they'll find whatever wood works to hit that price point. That's why you get different woods in Squires and it's never consistent for various brands. Now on, on the back end of it, so like on the Fender website, then they will market it a certain way to be like, this is this kind of wood from somewhere, blah, blah, blah. And it's awesome. What really it is, is if Fender went and said, no, we want you to use mahogany, the factory would just look at them and be like, all right, well, fine. It's going to cost X amount of dollars. If you want to hit that price point, we're going to find whatever we can. And that's what we're going to make the guitar out of. That's probably putting too simple a point on it, but that's basically what happens. Now, the interesting thing about it is as you step further and further away from the American price point for a guitar, and as you step further and further away from the major brand and its accountability to the U.S. government and to whatever entities around the world that they report to, is where the supply chain starts to fall apart a little bit. So let's talk about Harley Benton. My friend told me that he will not touch a Harley Benton product. He will not sell a product to Harley Benton. He will not buy products from Harley Benton. He will not touch Harley Benton or any brand like that. And here's why. It's the same reason I won't. Because they cannot produce, because all the stuff that they build comes from China. They cannot produce documentation to show where the wood comes from. And when they do show it, it's not reliable. I'll give you an example of an American company that this happened to. Lumber Liquidators. Lumber Liquidators was a flooring company. We all know who it is. If you're from the United States, you probably know who it is. If you watch NASCAR or anything, 
you probably know who it is because they always had a truck or a car or something. They were always sponsoring everything. They're not in business anymore because they had all these fancy woods. And when they produced their paperwork, it didn't add up. So they were, they would be like, well, we get all X amount of wood from this place. And they went and did some investigation. They're like, and I'm not a hundred percent sure that this is exactly what happened, but this is the kind of thing that happens. I should say that they might go and investigate that place and be like, well, you've been harvesting wood out of here for three years. And this is the quantity of wood and board feet that you've gotten out of this area in three years. And it's only X amount of acres. So that's not possible. That doesn't add up. So you got some wood from somewhere else that's not properly certified. Where did you get that wood from? On the surface, all the paperwork seemed up and up. But on further digging, they figured out that they were getting this wood from places they weren't supposed to get it from and then cloaking it under the paperwork of other wood that they were getting it from the proper place. Government didn't like that. We have no more lumber liquidators in the United States. This is what happens with foreign guitar companies who have no accountability in the United States. When pressed for paperwork, for certification purposes, for verification of where all this wood comes from, they have answers that are not satisfying to the people that it needs to be satisfying to. Which means that if you own one of these guitars, you may not be at risk now and you may never be at risk. But I personally will not do business with a company like that. That's why I don't promote Harley Benton products. That's why I don't promote any of those products like that. Now, does that mean they're wrong for you to own? Does that mean I think you're a terrible person for, I don't, not at all. You can own whatever you want. And I'm glad that you own them because you got to upgrade pickups in them. You buy pickups from me. I mean, I get it. I like it. It's cool. I'm not saying anything bad, but what I'm saying, I personally, with the information that I have at this time, would rather play it safe since for a couple of reasons. Since I produce products and I want to be as responsible as I can, number one, and number two, if I were to promote a product on this channel and not be comfortable with where it came from or all of the things around that company, then I don't want to promote that product. And that's not the only one. I mean, there's been American companies that have come to me and I'll be like, you dude, you're kind of sketchy. And I'll say no. But Harley Benton comes up a lot because people have personal feelings about it. And most of the time they connect. What's interesting about this whole conversation is Epiphone, Gibson, Squire, Fender, SE, Core Models, um, Harley Benton, Gibson. All of the comparisons are always value-based propositions on price uh, based on a feeling like I feel like this guitar is worth it to me, or I don't feel like that guitar is worth it. That guitar feels too expensive. That guitar, whatever. I put all that stuff aside and just look at the, would I personally feel comfortable promoting this product or not? Because that's what I do on this channel. That's what we do. So that's the reason I am stepping away from those types of products. Ikea is another one. That is an Ikea desk behind me. He told me some stuff about Ikea today. That's the last Ikea product I'm probably ever going to buy. 
for the same reason. Now you're going to say, well, that's awfully idealistic of you as you talk to me on your Canon camera and your MacBook and you have an Iowa, uh, Apple watch and that was all made in blah, blah, blah. Yes. 100% I hear you. Um, in the areas where I can make a choice that I feel is responsible, especially surrounding my business and surrounding the things that I promote to others, I want to make an informed choice that makes that I feel the best about some areas. We don't have a choice <laughs> there. I, I don't. And, 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 um, I don't want to say ignorance is bliss because that's not fair. However, once I learn a thing and it makes me feel uncomfortable, I want to make an adjustment in my path so that I am no longer uncomfortable. If I learn something uncomfortable about something and I'm like, mm, yeah, okay, let me see if I can find a way around that and I can find a way around that and do something different, I will do that. It just so happens that there really, it for me right now, isn't a way around where a MacBook is made or where a shoe is made or, you know, you know what I mean? So it's not necessarily a hypocritical situation as much as it is. I'm trying, these are the battles that I can pick. And so this is where my brain goes. I can't pick every battle in life. Otherwise we would just go nuts. You know what I mean? So bringing it back to you, I understand that you want to play whatever guitar you want to play. My point in bringing out this stuff today was information. I just want you to understand how this works. And the more I understand about what's behind this business, um, I will share it with you. I was actually talking to my buddy today and he's like, I was like, how much can I share? And he gave me some stuff I couldn't share. Um, but he gave me some stuff I couldn't share, but he's like, no, he's like, as long as you're doing it in the spirit of trying to educate as many people as possible to make informed decisions and make smart decisions about based on actual facts and not marketing mumbo jumbo. He's like, then I want you to tell people how this works. Um, and some people might say, you know, they might say, well, yeah, but because this came up a lot uh, in the mid, the like in 2016, 17 with the site stuff with the Rosewood. People are like, yeah, well, the furniture, you know, the furniture, uh, inf the furniture uh, industry is way bigger and guitars just a drop in the bucket. It's like a drop in the bucket compared to, you know, so it's really no big deal. We're not actually impacting the environment like the furniture industry is, which is true. It is true. But I want you to just think about something. Fender, in their American plant and in their Mexico plant, each use a tractor-trailer load of wood every shift to create 800 guitars. Gibson uses a tractor-trailer load of wood every shift. PRS a lot less, probably they, cause they build about half as many guitars. I think Gibson's building, I think about five to 550 guitars a day. Court 
in those five factories is building three to 4,000 guitars a day. So if the American plant at Fender is taking a tractor trailer load of wood out of your yard, every shift, you go out in the backyard and you think about how many trees a tractor trailer load of wood is. That's compounded by the fact that a whole tree is not guitar wood. They take a tree that is a particular diameter. It's got to be a certain humongous diameter. Okay. Then some of that wood becomes waste. Some of that wood becomes furniture. Some of that wood becomes other things. And only a very small portion of the best parts of that tree become a guitar. So how many trees does it take? Because only a portion of each tree becomes guitars has to be cut to make that tractor trailer load of wood to build guitars every shift. So while it is a fraction of what the furniture industry is, it is not nothing. And if you went out in the backyard and you, your backyard, wherever you live or down the end of the street where you have some trees and think about a tractor trailer load of wood disappearing every eight hours, it's not nothing. It is an impact times however many guitar factories there are that we have not talked about because we have not talked about world music. We have not talked about anything in China. We have not talked about anything in Japan. We've not talked about anything in Mexico, except for the Fender one. We've not talked about any acoustics. We've not talked about any basses. We've only talked about basically one, two, three, basically 10 facts, 10 factories or less. And you think about the impact that all those tractor trailer loads of wood are coming out every eight hours, every eight hours of a shift and where it has to come from and the cost that is incurred to make sure that it is responsibly done. Now, if you don't care about the environment and you don't care where your guitar comes from and you don't care about any of this, that's okay, I guess. That's your choice to make. I don't, I can't, I can't make that uh, judgment for you. You know what I mean? But to put out the information and to put those thoughts in your head about how important I feel it is. I just wanted you to know, because a lot of people press me on this all the time. Um, a lot of people press me on this issue and I wanted to share it in a way that was fact-based and just be like, oh, hey, Harley Benton. I don't. I don't. Or any of these other brands. Or any foreign brand. And I think that every, I'm at, we have a $299 Ibanez up there that I'm very excited to do a video on. Uh, well, are you going to compare it to a Harley Benton? No, I'm not. Because I don't want to promote their products. Not because I don't like them. Not because I just, I don't want to associate myself with that brand until I am told something that makes more sense. And what I worry about is Thoman is a huge company in Europe. They're like the guitar center of Europe and they own that thing. 
And it's always kind of, I've always wondered why, why would you risk your brand on a company that deals like that? It's a weird thing to me. It's an interesting thing. And I don't know enough about how things work in Europe and I don't know enough about how things work in China. I don't to make an informed, like, this is what they should do or anything. You know, I don't know. I'm not going to go there. I don't know that stuff, but I know enough to know where I'm going to focus my time. So where on this channel, I focus my time is this. First of all, guitars that I like guitars that the company, the reason I care, and this is something interesting. We work with, we don't work with, I Cause I don't actually, uh, PRS just sent me a guitar for the first time. Gibson is going to send me a guitar pretty soon. I've never worked with Fender on anything. They did email me this morning though. Um, but what I will say is the reason I like working with the import versions of the American companies is because at least I feel like there is a, an accountability attached. If that makes sense, even if it's not perfect, it's attached to an American company. And, and there is no reason in my brain, in my little mind to have to go to these other companies where there is not that accountability, um, for a $300 guitar. Cause we can get a $300 guitar from Squire. So let's just use that. Why would we have to go to another one? I don't, I don't feel the need to do it. I don't feel the need to put my business at risk and the reputation of my business at risk for that. So that's why I don't do it. So you, that's why you're going to see SEPRSs. You're going to see Epiphones. You're going to see Squires. You're going to see Ibanez's. There's some other companies too, like foreign companies that do a pretty good job of this. That's what, when you see guitars on this channel, that's why you see those guitars because I've done my homework and I feel comfortable promoting them. And the ones that I don't feel comfortable promoting, I will not. And it doesn't have anything to do with this guitar is worth that, or this guitar is just as good as that, or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. I'm kind of a principled person and I care about stuff. So, um, interesting, interesting stuff. Let's see here. Um, whoa, there's a lot of comments here. I'm going to scan back through these. I don't see. Are your Super 8s the same as Center Punch as far as coil splitting? No, they are not. Um, try to get to some questions here, you guys. And I saw at the beginning a lot of people were talking about quality and what they felt about various quality of guitars. That wasn't really an issue for me in this conversation. Um, you know, I wasn't really concerned about quality. Quality is a whole nother thing. Uh, quality control for me, you guys is not there. I'm not going to say it's not the responsibility of the company. It is. They need to send us good product. But if you don't like a guitar, I'm not going to say no. If the guitar is not good, send it back. You are the ultimate judge of a company's quality control. 
And if you don't like a guitar because it has problems that are legitimate, send the guitar back. Do not keep it. Send it back and make them accountable for said quality control and things will improve. That's how it works. Just giving a scan back through here just to see if there's any questions that are. Let's see. <laughs> I see some people that have obviously watched Glenn Fricker's video. Why does the guitar matter as long as it stays in tune, doesn't have QC issues, and the player loves it? I agree. That's kind of what I think, too. People have been asking me about Glenn Fricker's video and what I think of it because it was things that pickup builders do not want you. Uh, how do you feel about import guitars from Rondo Music? That's just Chinese junk. It's the same stuff. I don't care about it. I don't want to know about it. Don't care about it. I had one once. Somebody gave one to me. Don't care about it. Um, falls under that same category. I'm going to stick with the main reputable brands uh, for what we do here. You can buy one if you want. Uh, obviously I don't, that's the thing. I don't feel any less about anybody who feels differently than me. I don't at all. Uh, cause you're going to need pickups. I want you to buy them. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, I, I don't, I won't do it myself. And I shouldn't say they're Chinese junk cause they might be good, but I'm not going to find out cause I don't care. Um, let's see. Fretboard wood is interesting. Uh, fretboard wood. Somebody asked about fretboard wood. Um, that's a constant thing that they're constantly having to, um, keep an eye on where it comes from because all of those woods are um they're all endangered like not all endangered but they're all those this is an interesting thing let's just draw a line between facts and the, everything else i'm just gonna say this is i'm gonna give you a couple of minutes of opinion here that i think you can help with okay the reason we're having these problems is because guitar players need to stop worrying about what their guitars are made of. The end. We have gotten in this thing where if it's not alder or if it's not ash or if it's not mahogany or if it's not rosewood or if it's not all of these various think about the five big woods or whatever, you know, that the guitars are made of. And we've gotten into this mindset that anything that's not those is not good or is not as good or is going to have a compromise to it somehow. And it's just not true. If you play a Cole Clark from Australia, it's made from wood you've never heard of before. 
If you play a Bedell from Oregon or a Breedlove or any of the Taylor stuff that's made out of wood that they've taken out of friggin' sidewalks in San Francisco or wherever, the stuff is amazing. So it is guitar. It is our fault. It's our fault that this is a problem. It's our fault that we have to worry about where wood comes from. It's our fault. If we would just stop and be like, dang, that thing sounds good. Yeah, but is it as good as shut up? It sounds good. Play the friggin' guitar. It sounds good. The end. If we would start doing that more and instead of being like, hey, bro, like, you know, like um, like pedal board peeping people do or like gear going to a, you know, that meme of the guy who's got the face like this and he's going. That's what a guitar player does when he goes to a gig and sees somebody else's gear. Instead of doing that, being like, dude, what is that made of? Oh, it's made of some wood you've never heard of. Oh, that's very interesting. I've never seen that before. Instead of. Oh, that's not rosewood. You know what I mean? That's the problem. If we didn't do that to each other, and if we didn't have this whole, it has to be a certain way because 1941, whatever, I freaking don't care about that. I don't at all. If the guitar sounds good, it is good, period. Doesn't matter what it's made of. You can make it out of concrete. Fender made one out of plywood, uh, uh, cardboard. Uh, Did you see the guy? Last week on YouTube that um, the art guy, art by whoever, who melted down a bunch of Coke cans or whatever and made this guitar out of aluminum. Not a process that I would endorse because it would be very expensive and hard and not scalable, but it doesn't matter. It sounded cool. Did it sound like a 57 Strat? No, but it sounded cool. It was cool. It was really cool. These people that get in my comments all the time. I can't believe you play that crap carbon fiber, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, good grief, get a life. Like, just enjoy the instrument and enjoy the innovation. Enjoy the exploration of what we can do. This is 2023. What is possible? What can we make a guitar out of and make it sound good? Not what can we make a guitar of and make it sound exactly like it was made in 1941. What can we make a guitar of out of and make it sound good? How good can we get a digital amp? How good can we make this stuff? Stop screwing around with trying to make it old. It drives me freaking insane. It's like the thing that makes me want to quit YouTube. No lie. Those words just came out of my mouth. I've thought about it because of that mentality. And I had to get to a spot in my own head where I was like, no, I'm going to go do what I want, when I want, about what I want. And if you don't like it, go watch somebody else. Because I want to explore and enjoy and like stuff and not be known to be that guy who's like, this is the traditional way you should do it. And there's no other way. And don't, don't be that guy. And if you don't be that guy, we will not be in a situation where there's only five things you can make a guitar out of and we're worried about whether the government's going to bust us for doing it or not. Okay, rant over. I feel really strongly about that. You want to get me tuned up about something. (laughs) That's it right there. Oh, man. Don't worry, I'm not quitting. I don't quit anything. I've never quit. 
dude, I've laid on the ground about to die. I don't quit. I don't quit at all. Ever. But I want that mentality to catch on. I want that mentality of exploration to catch on. Um, I've been trying to figure out how to make content that um, encourages exploration and not. Um, maybe and maybe this is the first time I've been able to articulate that properly. I hate tradition. It drives me freaking crazy especially in the guitar industry. Because what you guys got to remember is I'm a guitar guy, yes. But I'm really a car and motorcycle guy. And I am involved in all, and a bicycle guy. I'm involved in all these other hobbies where innovation is the thing. And there, it is a fight to continue to be on the leading edge of what is happening in the world. With mountain bikes, I got my mountain bike hanging right here. With mountain bikes, with uh, with cars, this, this new Audi I got is just freaking unbelievable. Um, you know, just all that stuff. Formula One, all the things. On the leading edge of innovation and exploration and pushing the limits of what is possible. And then all of a sudden, guitars are like, hey... We should go backwards a hundred years. It just makes no sense to me or 70. It makes just makes no sense to me. So I'm really trying to figure out how can we make content that encourages exploration of this hobby. And I think I have some ideas, but um, that's why I'll, I'll tell you that's why when you go to dylantoxtone.com, it says the new vintage because all the pickups that we make at dylantoxtone even the vintage spec ones are made with modern materials. We don't have any vintage materials. There's no, there's no new old stock around here. And I can make you a good sounding pickup out of something that can be bought in 2023 and does not have to have some sort of historic blah, 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 blah to it. It's possible. It can be done. And that's why we do what we do. That's why I, I personally run my business that way. And I just kind of want to share that idea with the world, you know. I think it's really neat. And I don't, and the other thing too is, I don't, um, I don't discount vintage instruments, vintage cars, vintage bicycles, vintage knives, vintage anything. My process, my thought process on that is, you never want to forget where you came from. I'm Native American, dude. Like, you never want to forget where you came from. And you want to keep the culture alive. And so you want to keep a piece of that history alive. I mean, I'm Native American. I think about it all the time. So I view a vintage guitar or a tube amp much like I would view a classic car. If I had, let's see, what classic car would I want? A 67 short wheelbase 911. Uh, on the American side of it, I would want a 65 GTO uh, two-door post. Okay. Those are my two cars. If I could have two vintage cars, those would be the ones. I would have those cars. I would shine on those cars. I would love those cars. I would, they would be amazing. But 
I have a 2022 Audi SQ5 out there with 400 horsepower that gets 30 miles to the gallon and does zero to 60 in what, four and a half seconds and has air conditioning, heated seats and a sunroof. I'm going to drive that all the time. When an old 911 has half the horsepower, gets half the gas mileage and is like kind of a tank to drive around compared to this thing, but you're still going to take it out on Saturdays. You're still going to take it to guitar show, car shows. You're still going to enjoy it for what it is. A vintage guitar, a tube amp, same exact thing, but I'm going to daily drive a modeler and I'm going to daily drive a PRS. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. We can still appreciate this stuff very much. Uh, we got a super chat here, man. Any clue where the low end acoustic fenders are coming from? I do not. And I, um, oops. And I will find out though. Nothing accelerates better than a Tesla. I'm over batteries for a while. I know it's a little off topic, but I'm over batteries for a while. I had some batteries. I'm kind of over them. Um, and that's, a. <laughs> don't get me going on where cobalt comes from. I, I don't want to say that was completely a principled thing, but it kind of was in the respect that I would like to see batteries more. If, if the idea of electric cars is sustainability, that I would like to see them to be actually sustainable before I go all in on them. And if I'm going to enjoy internal combustion for a few more years, then I'm really going to enjoy it. So I'm going to buy something fast. So that's what I did. I have a question about making a thin guitar. Could the magnets be shorter and larger around and then the windings be as deep on the bobbin so that they are shallow and wide? You could. I have seen this. I have seen this happen. You could do that. From the polyester pimp, I was tone chasing this guitar player, finally emailed him. Turned out he was using a Line 6 Pod 2. Yep. I was just watching a David Grissom rig video last night, and he was like, I don't know, this is cheap delay, an RC booster, into an amp. And that's it. And of course, he plays a $4,000 PRS, but, you know, all these videos where people just sound like they sound. What about a Datsun 510? Ooh, that would be cool, too. That would be cool, too. Yeah. Um, I don't know the difference between PRS from Korea and Indonesia. Uh, I was, I, I don't know the Korea part, but I do know that all the Asian plants get their pick their wood from Asia. I do know that. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Is your humbucker size, wait, hang on. Is your humbucker size P90 available with a full nickel cover? I'm working on that right now. Uh, supply for that has been tough. I actually have two sitting here and the customer wants those. And I've been trying to source that uh, properly and I cannot at this time. And we are working on that and it's going to happen. 
Um, and no, I probably won't make a custom pickup like that with the short fat thing. Uh, not at this time anyway. We are doing everything we can do to keep up with all of you ordering what you order now. Um, it's it's a lot, and I appreciate it very much, but it's keeping us on task, I should say, would be the easiest way to say it. So, apparently, everybody likes some dang... Uh, Vintage cars, which this is really, really cool. Which Duncan do you like better, JB or 59? Uh, I like a 59 better than a JB, but I would put our center punch in the place of a 59 any day. Um, if somebody says, I'm ordering new center punches from you, 90% of the time, they're replacing a JB and a 59. A little more clarity. Uh, somebody said Korea is world music instruments and Indonesia is core tech. There's actually more than that. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but Fender Squire, Fender and Squire have 23 plants around Asia. There's a lot more than you think. And I think that's one of the things that people don't get. You know, you order your one guitar and you see the guitars hanging in Guitar Center. And then even in your mind, you like multiply the amount of guitars that are in Guitar Center by however many stores there are. And then you think about Sweetwater and you're like, okay, there's thousands of guitars. But it's so big. It's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of guitars every month. And it never, ever stops. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely, uh, definitely a lot more 67 is the year for GTOs. So I would agree with you on the engine cause of Ram air four, obviously, but I would rather have a tri power 389 and I really, really enjoy the look of the 65 with the squared off grill and the stacked headlights in the early style of the stacked headlights and the car is smaller. So that's where, that's where I go to the 65. I understand why people like the 67 cause the motor's different, but I just, it's a look thing for me um, with that. So, yeah. No, it's pretty interesting stuff. This is all very interesting stuff. Um, I really like having this conversation and I really appreciate, I, I have scrolled through these comments and I appreciate how everybody's just like, we're all chatting about it. I think sometimes in, in these forums and in the comments for our videos, it gets a little chippy, you know? And um, I appreciate that everybody's just like, oh, this is interesting stuff to learn. <laughs> you know what I mean? And again, if it informs an opinion and it changes your mind on something, or if it doesn't, I don't care. I want you to just enjoy the hobby. That's more, most important to me. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I really appreciate all of this very, very much. Um, 
how is the explosiveness on the center punch? I'm looking for explosive attack and clarity. Um, it's good. Attack and clarity is a thing across our entire model range that I don't think you will ever be um, disappointed in. Our probably the sharpest pick attack pickup that we have though is our super eight humbucker because it's El Nico eight. It's got a little kick on the front end that the other ones don't have. And um, yeah, I like that a lot. No, this has been great. You guys has been cool. It's five o'clock. I usually go for an hour on these things. Thank you so much. Thanks for everybody that shared a super chat. Thanks for everybody for just having a conversation with me. I love this thing on Tuesday that we do. And uh, I hope it was helpful to you. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we will see you tomorrow. I have moved the news to 4 p.m. because it makes more sense because more people can watch it. Uh, the last time we did it last week and the viewership was way higher and because um, more people could watch it at four o'clock. So four o'clock Eastern time. So I very much appreciate it. Which humbuckers of yours for a semi hollow for rock? Our DAFs are fantastic for that. I would go with a set of DAFs. Uh, favorite pickup for a baritone bridge? Um, P90s for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. You guys, this has been great, and we will see you tomorrow for the news.